Welcome to Tech Uncorked. I'm Dean Gratton. And I'm Sarah Jane Gratton. And together we explore a new world of technology and innovation. With lively discussion and some great interviews. Today's show is brought to you by Aruba Instant On. You'll love the superior technical support for residential and small businesses that comes with their smart little white box. You'll also love that the Aruba Instant On range comes with business grade Wi-Fi as standard. Well, welcome back to another episode of Tech and Court. And today we're joined by Simon Wilson, CTO of Aruba. As usual, let's start this off by, well, Simon, if you could introduce yourself and talk to us more about Aruba. Yes, welcome, Simon. Yeah, hello, everybody. Good to be with you. Yes, as I say, my name's Simon Wilson. I'm the CTO for Aruba here in the UK and Ireland. Not quite global yet, but you never know. Um, my mission as a CTO is to make sure that all of our customers, the market in general, understand our strategy and our vision moving forward. But the other part of my job is to is to talk to customers and listen and see what their challenges are and figure out how we can't have a conversation around the art of the possible. That's probably the thing I enjoy most. The art of the possible. That's wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's about, you know, identifying their challenges and figuring out, well, actually, if we haven't already solved a very similar challenge in a different vertical industry. Mm, um, and often yeah. we can kind of put two and two together and make five, which is, which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's, actually, that's a good philosophy because to actually listen to your customers and actually understand what their issues are. It's all about listening. Yeah. It's all about listening. Yeah. It is. And watching as well. I mean, I do my best work sometimes and I'm just really sitting in people's reception areas or, sitting in the waiting room of a hospital or, yeah. or you know at, at trackside with the formula one team so it's a it's, it's a really uh, it's a really interesting <laughs> i job. heard you name drop then I, heard <laughs> name drop. I grew up in the 80s with the smart home uh verbiage if you like and 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 there's an old colleague that referenced said hi on this started in the 60s so mm, yeah i mean honestly I, I think today i think realistically today i can actually put my hand on my heart and say look Yes, we are. It's realistic because of the technology is here and now. But what do you guys think the smart home is and what it will achieve for the consumer? Well, well this is interesting because I think this term smart home, smart anything for that matter, is, mm. is well yeah. overused. Yes. Um, I think there's a big difference between automated and smart. Yeah. And I think yeah. to be perfectly honest with you, pretty much everything you see out there in the market today, pretty much, um, it is about remote control of, of things, um, turning the lights on from a web app or, or looking at your camera from remote. It's, and it's, it's about automation. It's about, you know, setting up routines and automations that say, well, when I get home, turn the lights on. It, not particularly smart. I think there's, uh, we've got a ways to go before that happens. Yeah, sure. There's a couple of thermostats that kind of learn your, your habits, yeah. um, and turn the heating on and off and water on and off as per, you know, your, your habits and when you're going to be at home and when you're not. But most of the stuff is, uh, is either remote control or I think it's, it's, it's automated rather than smart. People want to live more, you know, better and more sustainable lives. I think over the last few years, we've spent an awful lot more time at home than we used to. So we're yeah. starting to appreciate, you know, uh, that these technologies can make a real difference. Well, I mean, with our house in Cambridge, you can control it with, I don't want to say a name because you'll kick off with <laughs> Echo, let's say Echo. And uh, we can control not only the heating, but the, the lighting and the air conditioning and all this kind of stuff. So mm. it really is a full on uh, experience. Especially automated with, home. I think automation, automated think is so? better than smart. Yeah. yeah. Because the actual home's not smart. It's what, <laughs> it's oh, what it's programmed it, to we? do. Yeah. 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 But smart home, Simon, it's, well, it's a million dollar industry. So how much of an impact do you think it's had on the way we live and work today, especially in light of the pandemic? Well, well, it's starting to have a big impact. I think, you know, 
if anyone's seen the Gartner hype curve, I think smart homes are going through that because initially it was, you know, it was going to change everything. Um, there were lots of smart startups that came out, which is, which is a little bit disappointing that they haven't been able to, to kind of grow. I think part of the reason for that is that as an industry, you know, big tech has acquired some of those small startups and thinking it was a great idea and a great technology, only to find that it didn't deliver quite what said big, t- big tech company wanted and they squashed it. So some of the consumers got left mm. high and dry. Um, there's also so many vendors out there at the moment, it's kind of difficult to, to figure out which ones to pick. So some people think it's safe bet to go with big tech. Um, others are, are looking at some of the smaller startups to do it. So uh, it, it's, it's a really interesting space. I think, you know, the technology needs to mature a little bit more. Um, it certainly needs to be easier to deploy and use. I mean, for my own smart home. So you're right. I mean, my own whole house is, 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 is automated. Um, with some routines. Um, there's a little bit of smart in there as well, but you know, the camera's connected, the front door yeah. is connected. Um, all the heating systems are, are monitored, all the lights. Um, the, the biggest challenge I had actually was, was my partner acceptance factor or the wife acceptance factor. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> it's important. all very well for me as a techie to, to put all this stuff in. And the moment it doesn't do something quite I expect, you know, I just brush it off. I have no big deal. I'll figure out how to reset that automation. But of course, for people who aren't tech savvy, when it doesn't do what you expect it to do, that can be hugely frustrating. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So I had to make sure that, you know, the light switches did exactly what they did before I, you know, installed a single piece of smart tech um, so that, you know, when you turn a switch, a light changes, which, of course, one of the, the early, uh, you know, home automation technologies was a smart bulb, which, of course, yes. requires you to leave the actual switch turned on all the time. So, uh, so, you know, like I said, tech's got a way to go to mature to make it easier to use. Um, and, and hopefully that will happen over the next couple of years. Yeah. Well, you mentioned tech and its maturity. And one of those uh, biggest factors in enabling a smart home is Wi-Fi. It's and, what uh, we're known for, right? I mean, yeah. you look up, you luck, look up in, uh, in a lot of enterprise locations. You look up in most airports or supermarkets around the UK and you're going to see an Aruba access point you know, screwed to the ceiling. So, so it's what we're most known for. I mean, we do a lot more than that now. I mean, since we became a part of Hewlett-Packard Enterprise in 2015, we're now uh, a full wired technology, uh, wired switching, as well as security and management and a lot of other things. But uh, yeah, you're right. Aruba, most known for being a wireless company. And and I think I'm aware of, um, in our pre-recording, we mentioned, uh, we talked about um, consumers being aware of the latest updates to Wi-Fi technology. We're on Wi-Fi 6 at the moment, on Wi-Fi 6E. And normally, um, it takes the telecommunications provider to actually push out, which they don't, by the way, push out, oh, by the way, consumer, you're using our great service. I say great in those air quotes. And um, there's a latest uh, product here for uh, for enabling faster Wi-Fi, greater connectivity for your home, all the devices connected. How do we educate well, both consumers and those telecommunication service providers. Yeah, it, it's it's a really interesting point because Wi-Fi isn't the only technology that's used in a smart home. There are a number of yeah. different pr- protocols that have been used uh, over the past few years, and, and, and some will continue and some will not. Um, you know, we've seen people using protocols and technology like Z-Wave um, and Zigbee have been yeah. very popular. Bluetooth, Bluetooth Low Energy, particularly for, for battery-based sensors. And, of course, Wi-Fi, I think, you know, Wi-Fi is probably taking a little bit of a lead right now simply because it's a lot simpler and easier for people to understand. I mean, we all connect a device to Wi-Fi every single day, um, so we kind of understand it reasonably well. Um, So from a deployment perspective, it it kind of makes sense. 
course, the one of the challenges, of course, is that Wi-Fi devices, the battery life doesn't tend to last that long. No. You know, you have to charge your phone up at least every day. Um, so if you want to put a sensor in the corner of your room to monitor you know, motion or temperature or whatever it might be, um, you want the battery to last a little bit more than a few weeks. So consequently, other technologies like Zigbee and a new one called uh, Thread um, yeah. are, are probably going to continue to be uh, popular for battery-based devices, whereas Wi-Fi probably will, will, will take the lead in the, in the power devices. Um, so consequently, that means that, you know, people need to think a little bit more about the Wi-Fi they deploy at their home. Mm. I think it's fair to say that, you know, m- most places I go, most of our friends and relatives, you know, have a single Wi-Fi access point, which is built into the router, and it kind of came for free. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. and you see a lot of the providers of broadband um, making these claims that, you know, a strong Wi-Fi signal in every room of your house guaranteed. Um, well, I mean, one, there's a little bit of physics you have to worry about here, which is that the fact that you've got a strong signal in every corner of your house isn't really the the, <laughs> the thing you need. What you yeah. need is the ability for your handset, your device, to be able to transmit back to that wireless access yeah. point in the centre. So um, what we're now starting to see is that the more tech savvy and also what we call a prosumer, mm. those who are really kind of ser- getting serious about it, are starting to look at these multiple access point systems like Aruba Instant On um, to provide you know full house coverage with the reliability that they need and access to, to the smart home technology. Um, well, you, yeah, full house coverage. Now, actually, just mention a story here because our daughter has just moved house and she talked to her service provider who um, said, okay, we can do this for you. We can actually... I have uh, give you connectivity throughout the home. Wi-Fi gives seamless connectivity and so on. And so she had to use cables as uh, well. They, they proposed to use cables in some of the rooms to, to to ensure connectivity across the home. I mean, is that a viable solution? You know, Wi-Fi wireless well, connectivity. Well, it wasn't for her. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, because you had cables running across the. Yeah, and she board. just didn't want that. I mean, how do um, we? I mean, it, I, I I guess I understand as a as a wireless professional. I I understand that sometimes a cable always works best. But I mean, but there are other options, aren't there, Simon? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, don't get me wrong. The best way to connect your wireless access point back to your broadband is via a cable. Yeah. Um, for two reasons: one, it ensures you know the best quality throughput for the backhaul, but also the access points themselves need to be powered somehow. So, of course, with power over Ethernet, we can provide that power yeah. through that cable, so it's doing two jobs rather than mm. one. Mm-hmm. But of course, you're absolutely right. In some situations, it isn't possible. You know, maybe you haven't got a decent cable route, or maybe you're in a location where you're not allowed to run cables. I've, I've done some work in some some listed buildings and some mm. protected, you know, properties where you weren't allowed to drill holes. So consequently, uh, the idea of mesh technology starts to come quite important. Oh yeah, where oh, the access points actually talk to each other oh. and establish a mesh, so that only one of them needs to be connected back via a cable to your broadband. I mean, they still need to be powered. Yeah, but often there's, you know. You, Especially in a home environment, you're more likely to have power nearby than being able to run a data cable. So that, that can often work. I mean, there are some trade-offs with performance, but not too many. Um, and it can be a really good alternative to having to run a cable. Wonderful. Well, let's go on to talk about home security. And I know that's something that's close to Aruba's heart. And a survey it's a from... in everything we do, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. The Global Association for Smart Home Technology... Cedia recently revealed a 50% increase in public demand for home security systems. I mean, why do you think this is, Simon? Well, I, I think it comes from the number of additional devices we're now connecting into our homes that are connecting back to cloud-based services, you know. 
um, the more devices you have, the what the more you increase what we in security terms you call the attack surface, uh-huh. i.e. the number of things that people can can hack. Yeah. Um, so consequently, people are concerned about security. I think they are a little worried about the number of different cloud providers they have and, mm-hmm. and whether or not those cloud providers are taking good care of their personal information. Um, yeah. And they are certainly, you know, reading up a little bit more. I think, you know, when people start to get into smart home, they tend to start to read a bit more about what you need to do to keep yourself secure. And they are rightly concerned that mm-hmm. the level of security perhaps in some of these, uh, you know, home solutions is not maybe what they they, they want to have implemented. Maybe they want to something a little bit uh, more secure. The general rule, of course, about security is that, you know, you want it to be as 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 inconvenient as possible. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You need it to be as convenient as possible. In other words, the you know the, the as as much security as you can stand, really. I believe the words so, are seamless yeah. and transparent. Yeah. Well, yes, exactly. I mean, if 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 you don't know the security is there, that's obviously the best from an experience yeah. perspective. Mm. It's got to be something that's really simple to use <laughs> for the end user and really effective against all the threats. So that's quite a tough challenge, I guess. Yeah. It it, it can be for sure. Uh, I mean, you know, whenever people ask me about, uh, you know, what, what do I need to keep myself safe? Uh, you know, some some basic advice, which is, don't use uh, the same password in, on many sites. Yeah. Try not to use a system for your passwords. Try to make it completely random. Use a password manager if you can. Make sure you use multi-factor authentication wherever it's offered, um, which is a, it's another key one. And also yeah. make sure you invest in, in, in quality security software on all your devices and keep it updated. That's absolutely critical. Yeah, absolutely. And then the third thing is try not to be too tempted by that cheap device that made somewhere in the world that, uh, that yes. offered a free, a free oh, yes. cloud service yes. Um, yes. because, you know, m- maybe that's not going to be the most secure. I mean, there's no guarantee it'll, it'll be a problem, but, you know, yeah. you, you yeah. want to be a bit savvy here. Better yeah. safe than sorry, as they say. Indeed. Yeah. Now, yep. we touched upon Wi-Fi, and for our listeners, I'm well, I- I'm aware of it, but for our listeners, um, it'd be interesting to talk more about what Wi-Fi 6 is. Yeah, we do have some non-techie listeners here. Yeah. Yeah, so and they're how, very interesting. Yeah, and ultimately, ultimately, how it differs from previous versions. Bear in mind, yeah. we've we've gone from the the letters to the generational. Yeah, for sure. Well, I think the fact that we're now calling it Wi-Fi six is is a recognition by the industry that it needs to make things a bit simpler for people. Um, you know, you're right. We used to go from letters, so eight hundred two eleven B, eleven megabit yeah. back in the uh, the two thousands, through G and then N and then AC and AC wave two and then AX. And when it got to AX, someone said, hang on a minute, maybe we should be a bit smarter and make it you know, <laughs> simpler for people. And also, frankly, it's also a good thing because obviously the world of cellular, right? We went from 3G to 4G to 5G. Um, they make it very simple. So if it's taking a leaf out of the cellular you know, uh, industry's books and, uh, and calling it Wi-Fi 6. Um, so what do we get with Wi-Fi 6? We're actually, actually borrowing some technology. So for those technos, we, use, uh, we borrowed something called OFDM, Orthogonal Frequency Division Multiplexing. Uh, how about that for a, for a mouthful of a, of a Oh, morning? my goodness. I, I yeah. exactly, Can you repeat that? <laughs> orthogonal frequency division multiplexing. Oh, you've had language. your coffee this morning, There's Simon. only for that language. <laughs> I've said it once or twice. Um, but what this does is it gives us at least a 4x performance increase over the previous generation, which is mm. significant. And a couple of the other benefits are that Wi-Fi used to be what we called a shared media. In other words, only one person could transmit at a time. Now, when you think about the applications we use today, a lot of it is streaming Netflix and you know Amazon Prime and, and, yeah. and Disney Channel right to our mobile devices at home and multiple people doing that at once. So mm. I think probably that was exacerbated when you had multiple people in the family either working or learning from home that they were 
connected to you know Zoom and Teams and whatever yeah. over their broadband. And, of course, multiple people were streaming. Well, if you can only have one person transmit at a time, that's not a great idea. Sure, the, the, the Wi-Fi was clever enough to time slice and make it seem as though uh, everybody was transmitting at once, but they weren't. And, of course, it starts to suffer when you've got lots and lots of devices and higher-density cameras and better audio. So Wi-Fi 6 has the ability for multiple people to transmit at a time. Yeah. So it acts more like a switching environment. And there's 6E. Now, that's interesting because that, that changes the whole frequency game, doesn't it? It, it does. So so on, on top of Wi-Fi 6, which gives us a significant bump in performance, we now have Wi-Fi 6E, which adds a whole new frequency yeah. to the uh, to, to the, the landscape. So up until, you know, and including Wi-Fi 6, we've had two frequencies available to us. We've had 2.4 gigahertz, which is what we started with. That's the you know, the 11B days that I mentioned of the yeah. 2000s. And then around 2003, four, we added uh, five gigahertz capability. And that's really all we've had those two frequencies ever since then. And we've, you know, the engineers have been smarter and smarter about how they get more and more out of that. But at the end of the day, you, you run out of spectrum. So with Wi-Fi 6E, they've added actually 1.2 gigahertz of, uh, extra spectrum to the standard. Although in the mm-hmm. UK right now, we only have 500 megahertz, which mm-hmm. is. Better than better than nothing, but you know what it does mean is that there's more to come as Ofcom yes, kind of yes. know, recover that spectrum from other use cases. And, but even with the, the the 500 megahertz, what we end up with is double what we had in the past. Yeah. So yeah. lots of extra spectrum. Now the downside of this, of course, is it is six gigahertz, which means that your clients do need to support it, and you know new devices will start to come on stream. We believe the next iPhone will support it, and certainly there are a couple of. Uh, of Android okay. handsets and, and laptops that are supporting it already. But as we buy our new, you know, client devices over the next couple of years, we'll start to benefit from that significantly. Um, and, and get that extra bandwidth and extra performance. Cause one of the other good things about 6E is it allows us to what we call bond channels together. So we get much higher speed. So, you know, when you start, you know, investing in your new kind of VR and augmented reality headsets that need higher throughputs, uh, when you start getting one gig and above broadband in your home, um, mm. you'll be able to really take benefit from it yeah. with uh, with these new technologies. So mm. 6E is a great thing for the future. Fantastic. Well, that's, that's I mean, I talked about earlier how um, it's important to push these, this new technology out to consumers. I mean, how do we educate the consumer? Look, there's this new technology out there. Take it, grab it, ping your communication service provider and ask for the latest product. Well, well, this is an interesting one because you do start to see some of the vendors say, hey, includes Wi-Fi 6 or includes Wi-Fi 6E or, you know, the strongest signal all the way over your house guaranteed. The trouble is they usually come with the word free. Ah. Um, uh, <laughs> my experience is that, that although free is a very powerful um, uh, term to use to get people to, to buy your or take yeah. up your product, it doesn't necessarily mean it, it's the best uh, for the consumer. So, you know, I'll go back to what I said about having a strong service you know not just a strong signal but a good service across all of your house so that all your sensors and your users can use it um it may be that you know consumers should consider actually thinking about well if the broadband comes for free then how good can it really be Mm -hmm. um and you know as they start to think about well making sure that we've got a decent coverage and good service in every corner of the house you know external uh, wireless solutions such as you know the rubber instant on there are Mm -hmm. other solutions are available sadly um, but uh, things like Aruba Instant On, which is really easy to set up and will give you that, you know, good yeah. uh, coverage mm. uh, and experience everywhere in the house, 
maybe investing that as a second, a separate system is 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 the way to go. Yeah, because it actually your instant on range it comes with business grade Wi Fi as standard, which is just incredible. It, it does, and and you know we've taken all that we've learned over building you know high performance, high density, reliable, and highly secure solutions for many many years, right? Since way back in the early two thousands, and and a lot of that learning is embedded within the Aruba instant on. In fact, actually, it's got enterprise technology under the hood. That's amazing. Don't it tell is, anyone. Yeah. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> no, for sure. This is uh, it, what it does mean is that you know you put instant on your ceiling. Or, uh, or in the corner of the room, and you, you're, you're getting enterprise-grade Wi-Fi for uh, for a consumer price point, which I think incredible. is fabulous. Yeah, so and, and, incredible. And I'm interested in the simplicity aspect. Yeah. So w- we um, we we realised that this was going to be a big deal, right? You move into the consumer space, you move into the prosumer space, and certainly the, uh, the our reseller partners that are you know, agents for for instant on, um, they want it to be fit and forget. They don't want to have to take calls every, you know, 10, 15 minutes for the first couple of weeks. Yeah. People were trying to figure out how to use it. Otherwise, they, you know, they frankly wouldn't make any money. Yeah. So uh, to give them an assistance and to make sure that the actual consumer themselves got a really good experience, we developed a, a, a setup application. So literally you, you power on the Aruba Instant on access point. You've got your phone with the app downloaded on it and it will detect the AP, um, or the switch because there's switches in the range as well. And it will set it up via Bluetooth. And then once it's done that, you can literally connect it as you would any other Wi-Fi solution. Um, you get control over what you call your SSID. So if you want it to call it the, the Wilson Family Network, you can do that if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you have control over the level of security you want. I mean, we always advise that customers use uh, WPA3, which is embedded within our systems now, which is the highest uh, uh, grade of security oh, you can have on Wi-Fi know. today. Yeah. And, and we make some advice on what they should do with their with their pass keys or their pass phrases uh, yeah. to keep it safe. But that means it can be something that is recognisable to them as a bit personal, mm. um, and also aids to to keep them secure and at the same time reducing the amount of effort it takes to to set up and install. I did I did um, read or hear some time ago um, that um, you, with your say uh, your access point delivered from your service provider, you'd have a like a credit card device which is nfc enabled and you could just touch other devices and just automatically connect them i mean is that just pie in the sky or is that on the horizon or i think that happens i don't know if it has no i think it happens it happens with photos because you can oh, no, no, i mean no, no no i mean if when you get your um say we get our uh, bt router box yeah oh and touch. And, and rather yeah. than setting up the ssid and or typing it in yeah. the code yeah. and stuff you just got a, a, a credit card size device which is nfc enabled and you just oh, touch other devices is that a thing simon to be honest with you this uh, is the first i've heard of it but, yeah it's oh, okay. the first time okay, okay that's just that, okay just got heads up that's copyright dean anthony grand <laughs> okay. 2022 yeah um <laughs> it was a dream that's what it was maybe it was <laughs> but but that's not surprising because there are a lot of kind of gimmicky things that come out um yeah. that it, you know to hey we've got this so that this is what makes our thing better you know I wonder if it's trying to solve a problem that isn't really a problem. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, you mentioned Bluetooth. Or it, it solves a problem, that, but then it creates another problem. So, yeah. you know, to have NFC, you need to have a thing with NFC in it that can recognise what it's being yeah. tapped on and set it up, right? So, you know, again, if I wanted to, you know, get my iPhone on it, it would have to understand that tapping this NFC then configured it. And do you really want to be tapping things and having that directly cloned? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think... The way we have things today, which is that you, you see a network and then you put in a passphrase or a pass key 
I think that's a good way to do it because then it has to be shared physically yeah. Um, as opposed to something over the air. I mean, sure, Apple have got this nice thing whereby if I try and connect my iPhone to the, a Wi-Fi network um, and somebody else has already connected it, it will ask them if they would like to share the password so I don't have to type it in. But then that's there's some physical intervention required to do that. Yes, yeah, um, yeah absolutely. So uh, nice idea. I'd like to see how it actually works in practice before I, mm. I say this is going to be great. But like I said, I wonder if it's one, solving a problem, that creates another one. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and whether or not it actually makes things, does make anything actually any easier over yep. existing uh, ways of doing it. Certainly the Bluetooth we use to set up the instant on works very, very well and is really easy to use. So yeah, exactly. they'd have to go some to make it easier than that. Exactly. Well, we're almost at the end of the episode now, but before we go and talking about technology, not thinking things through properly. Oh, yes. Could you tell us, please, about your... It was just a your, blue sky idea. Your hotel... <laughs> it was a dream. Could it you was. tell us, Simon, <laughs> about your hotel experience recently, which I think is It really was spectacular, inspiring. wasn't it? Yes. Um, oh, my gosh. So, so I'm, I'm gonna not, not going to name and shame. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're not? Oh. No, because they, uh, they're not but a they customer of ours. But they need a Uber. Well, they're not a customer of ours yet, but I want them to be. So well, oh, I don't want to upset them before I've even uh, okay. through the door. Okay. So... I'm a business traveler. I, I travel quite a bit. In fact, I'm off later on today. Um, and one of the, the biggest frustrations for me is that after a long day, I get to a hotel and I have to stand in a queue hearing the same phrase of telling people what time breakfast is and where this is and where the gym is and where everything else is. Um, and then giving them all the information over again that I've already given them in the booking, right? Frustrating as heck. <laughs> so when I come across a hotel that's got a system whereby I can check in online, I can download an electronic key to my phone. It means that I can literally, in the taxi on the way to the hotel or, or earlier on the day, I can, you know, check in and download the key and I can walk straight through the hotel up to my room, tap the phone on the door, open it, and, and then there I am. I'm ready to go and I can, oh, you know, fantastic. check my emails, get ready for dinner, whatever it is I'm going to do. Yeah. Um, so when I came across a hotel a couple of weeks ago that did this, I thought, fabulous, excellent. <laughs> In fact, it's, it's, it's a kind of a, a way I choose hotels now if they've got this technology. Yeah. However, there was a yeah. spectacular fail. Yeah, because <laughs> I down, I checked in online. I downloaded the key. I got into the lift or elevator for our, for our American cousins. Yeah. Um, and guess what? You can't operate the lift until, unless you've got a key card. No. <laughs> exactly. So I had to get out of the lift, um, go to reception, stand in the same darn queue again. Um, just to get a key so I could operate the lift to get to my room. And then when I get to my room, sure, I can use the app on the phone to open the door. Fabulous. That's great. means that maybe I don't have to take the key all the time or, of course, I've got to get back to my room next time. And then I get in there and I can't turn the electrics on. Why? Because oh you need a physical gosh. key to stick in the little slot to turn oh, the electrics epic on. epic fail. Epic fail. Well, yeah, one, because it frustrated me immensely because I'd chosen that hotel specifically because I knew they yeah. had that technology. Yeah. But secondly, they spent an awful lot of money on enabling the systems and the, you know, the automated door locks and everything else, and people can't use it. Something so simple, really, was overlooked. That's well, I know amazing. what will solve the solution in the Indeed. lift. They need uh, NFC for that. <laughs> 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 NFC on the lift, for sure. That's absolutely what would have, would have solved this particular problem. But I guess oh. this is one of those situations where somebody at head office has said, right, we're going to do all our hotels, yeah. not realising this particular one has got lifts that you need to activate with a key. Well, so, you know who you are, person in head office. If you're listening to this, talk to Aruba, talk to Simon today. We know well, that's what the key point, do. right? I mean, that's why I go and sit and watch what yeah. goes on in locations oh, yeah. for the art of the possible because yeah. technology has to work, you know, not just technically, but it has to work for people. It has to do what it, people expect it to do every single time. 
So if you don't think about, well, what's the intent here? What is the use case that I'm trying to enable? What is the mm. the piece of efficiency or better experience that I'm trying to enable? Yeah. And have you figured out all of the particular links in that particular chain? And, of course, you can miss one and then suddenly it means you've upset people um, and you've wasted money in the process. So uh, yeah. so that's why I spend a lot of my time talking and listening to customers is to make sure they don't make those mistakes. Yeah. The art of the possible. The art of the possible, indeed. Simon, thank you so, so much for joining us today. You've been incredibly insightful. We've learned so much about Aruba and some fantastic solutions for everyone. Yeah, so, fantastic. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having me. Aruba Instant On. Its business-grade Wi-Fi can comfortably look after voice-controlled appliances and multi-room entertainment, including SkyQ, with additional Ethernet ports and multiplayer gaming. Make the smart choice and consider partnering with Aruba Instant On today. It could be the smartest business decision you make all year. Visit arubainstanton.com. <laughs>